You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. This month on Kingdom Relationships. And uh, this is an exciting, exciting series. So if you're in church today and you had no idea that this was the topic, please don't think that I've planned this message for you. It's already been planned, I've cooked it up, or I've prepared it, so if, absol- if I ap- happen to touch a nerve, it's not because I know something that I shouldn't know, it's because the Holy Spirit wants you to know something that you don't know. Amen? So, uh, before I go into the message though, I have a word that the Lord gave me, and uh, there's a slide up there of this picture of 2020. And I believe that this is a word for some of you, in fact, quite a few of you, that it's to step out of the boat. The boat is your comfort area. The boat is the area that you feel secure in. And it's now time to take a step of faith in something you have not done before. It may be in, uh, in love, it may be in relationship, it may be in work, it may be in church, it may be with the Lord, but God is saying, step out. In fact, get out of the boat and keep your eyes on Him. And as you, as you do that, you need to recognize that the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. So whatever battle you're facing now, whatever battle you're in, look to Him because He's the one who has created you. He's the one who has given you strength. In fact, he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because sometimes if, you, if you're not afraid, you can get discouraged. And the whole uh, word today is as you step out of the boat, you are going to see new things. Keeping your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Okay, now... If you have your Bibles, in fact, you don't have to have your Bibles right now because I've got the verse I want to speak about on the screen. It's in Philippians chapter 3, one of my favorite books in the Bible. And uh, we are going to read this together, if we may. And uh, this is your chance to not only see the Word, but read the Word. Philippians 3, and we will start with verse 17. You ready? All of us... Now, come on, let's all do it, okay? We, we can all read it, and read it aloud, please. All of us. Oh, my gosh. I was reading verse 15. Verse 17, are we ready? Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I often told you before, and now say again even with tears, many live, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there and the the Lord Jesus Christ. So that is 
the Word of God. Today, I, I mean, it's wonderful to celebrate Steve and Anne who became citizens of Australia. But, but, but can I say that those of us who are in Christ, those of us who have actually made a decision for Jesus, and if you haven't yet made that decision, today could be your day. But the fact is, uh, those of us who have made a decision to follow Christ, that means that we become citizens of heaven. So when we come to earth, we do like Jesus did. When Jesus came from heaven to earth, did what he did and gave us free life and a freedom in liberty in him, then he went back to heaven and said, the job is done. Now you and I who are believers, we come to earth and we need to get the job done. And that is in the local church, that is in the way we live, and that, that is the way God wants you and I to live. You see, because our authority, is in any, as in any country, depends on our obedience to the laws of the country. See, what you do in New Zealand or some other countries, the Philippines or in Hungary, I mean, that may be okay. But in Australia, for instance, we have point, what is it, zero, five, is it? 0.05 limit of alcohol so you can drive. In Hungary, for instance, it's zero. You can't even have a chocolate liqueur and drive a car. And so they, they are that strict. Now, I hear that the Australian government is thinking of bringing that into our country because there are so many people who, who become drinkers and they cause many deaths in this country. And so each, each country has its own. But we as Christians... We are from heaven here on earth, and we sometimes forget that. We forget the fact that we really are not of this country. Now, I, I do have a Hungarian passport, and I have an Australian passport. But the fact is, I am a citizen of heaven, and I abide by the laws of heaven. You see, the laws of heaven, it's not just that I pray to Jesus, I sing wonderful songs, but the fact is that I do what the kingdom of heaven declares, and that is in this word. This is where it's written, what you can and what you cannot do. And so when we live in a situation with the mindset that we are, we are just here for a short time, we're not here for a long time, right? But we are here for a time that God wants you and I to reach our world. He wants us. Well, in fact, I was listening to Tristan try to control the people here after, after, the, after the, uh, um, the greeting time. And it's always a dangerous thing in our church because we just love to chat, we just love to fellowship. But the fact is, have you watched the tennis? There are 190,000 people watching the tennis plays and they clap and cheer and soon as it's time to serve, it comes in. I, want, I mean, I've not been there yet, but just to think of all those people not saying a word as he served. So I think from now on, if I can be so bold, whenever the person comes up here, and, and you can all see them, and then everybody goes, and not wait five minutes or so until Tristan or whoever is here to try and get the people's attention. Is that okay? Because we're citizens of heaven. And we have a, a culture. You see, every country has a culture. Hungarians have a culture. We have a glass of wine with our meal. 
but you know, in, in, in Australia, we drink a bottle of wine with our meal. I mean, it's almost like, you know, I mean, in, in Hungary, the glass of wine is like having salt and pepper on the table. But you see, here in Australia, we have a one bottle for four of us or two, or two bottles for four of us, and, and then we sort of up over the 0.05%. But the fact is this. Every country has its laws, and if you abide, if you are a law-abiding citizen, then you'll live a happy life. Otherwise, you, they'll either throw you in jail, they take your passport, they'll take your license away from you, and life is not so happy. So we don't get punished, though, when as citizens of heaven and we break the laws of the kingdom. We don't get punished like the earth punishes. We get punished otherwise. And oftentimes we don't think it like that. So can I just say that for us as believers, we need to recognize that God has a plan for you and I, and He wants you and I to live according to the plan. So the, the next slide, please. And you'll see on this slide, there is, um, I can't remember what's on the next slide. That's right, some kingdom thoughts, that our relationship must manifest the laws and lifestyles of our kingdom. Secondly, distinctive cultures distinctive cultures of our kingdom of heaven must be contrasted with the culture of earth. When Jesus said these words, that you should be in the world but not of the world system, this is what he means. And so, friends, we need to be people who are going to follow the word. In fact, the word world here comes, is the, word, the Greek word cosmos, which means the, the systems of authority, the governing systems. What he is saying is you must be in the system, but not like the system. And so that's a, a little bit different in, in the way we need to live. And thirdly, the citizenship and culture, Philippians 3.19 that we read, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach. You know what the word, the word stomach has actually the meaning of appetite? It's not what they say now, the, the gut technology and all that kind of stuff they devise these days. But the word stomach is the appetite. And all of us as humans, we have three major appetites. Drink, eat, and sex. And any one of those taken to extremes becomes destruction to your life and my life. I won't go into all the details right now, but you need to think about them. Because anything taken, if you don't, manage your appetite of food and, and watch what you eat, it'll destroy you. If you don't watch what you drink, it will destroy you. And if you, and if you get into porn and you try and trade that into a relationship, that's the quickest way to destroy the relationship. But the fact is God said for us to uh, watch these things and, and be very careful because our citizenship is in heaven. We are aliens. Stop looking for aliens in spaceships coming down. Turn to your neighbor and you say, hey, you're an alien. Because that's who we are. We are here on this earth as people from another world system living in this system. And so when we understand that, we can recognize that God has came so that he can he redeemed us. And if you want to live a successful Christian life, if you want to live a successful life in this world, in this culture, in this setting, whether it's in Australia, New Zealand, Philippines, Hungary, wherever you go, you take, because you are a citizen, not of that country, but of heaven. These are three things I want to show you. 
The most important thing you need are these three things. So when we read Proverbs, uh, chapter, uh, Proverbs chapter 24, and um, the words will be up there. And I'll start with verse 3 this time. It says this. You can read with me. By, by wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. A wise man has great power, and a man of knowledge increases in strength. And it says, for way, uh, so, that, so, that, so that's verse 3, 4, and 5. You see, there are three things you need to recognize. That it says that by wisdom a house is built, understanding it's established, and through knowledge, its rooms are filled with beautiful treasures. That really means in Hebrew that that is a nice place to be at all times. A lot of people who are married can't wait to leave home. You see, because they, they, they don't feel comfortable in the home. They, they love to go out to work and all the rest of it. But I want to tell you this. When God wants you and I to live a life in understanding and with uh, knowledge, it's a very, very powerful thing. So when you look at this, uh, 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 I'm going to go backwards. In the scripture it says wisdom, then it says understanding, and then knowledge. I'm going to go knowledge first, then understanding, and then wisdom. Because knowledge is information. If you're going to have a successful relationship in any situation, whether it's at work or husband and wife or in church life, anywhere, you need information. You're, you have to have uh, what you understand is knowledge, information. You need information. You need to read good books about relationships. Oftentimes people come to me and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? And I'm having difficulty in my relationship. And I say, man, I've, I'd rather give you some of these books to read because, because, because if I give you some books, you'll get some knowledge, you'll get some information into your life so you can change the way you live. You see, the fact is that I can pray for you, but I've got to tell you that but prayer does not cancel out ignorance. You can pray as long as you like, but if you're ignorant about things, it's not going to help you. My, my desire is as we build strong, healthy relationships, we will see our community transformed. Amen? And when you understand that, it, it changes the way you think. We need skills. We need knowledge. We need principles and to understand human nature. These things, friends, have to be learned. That's why we value in our church mentoring. We value uh, uh, good, close relationships so that we can encourage one another with spiritual knowledge and understanding. The second one, of course, is understanding. But understanding is comprehension. You need to comprehend the information that you have. It's important to me that you not only hear what I'm saying, but you understand what I'm saying. It's important for me to recognize that we need these two things. You cannot do number three until you do number two. Now, when I was in school, in, in early high school years, I've learned English, and I, 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 the English subject was so hard for me. I was already 13 when I arrived in Hungary. I couldn't speak any word in English, uh, and so I, 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 
when I, when I came to Australia and uh, I couldn't speak well and I got to this English class and they gave me all this information and when I did the test I could spell very well I could I, I had a good dictionary in my mind about the English word but I could not all put it all together and comprehend what the statement was saying and so in the English there was first spelling knowledge and then comprehension I always fail comprehension it, it really dragged me down because I couldn't put it all together. So you get information, but if you don't comprehend what you're learning, friends, it's like all going over your top of your head. So, and once we comprehend something, then the scripture says we get wisdom. And wisdom is applying what you comprehend. Wisdom is applying the situation. It's a bit like you don't go out onto the, onto the sun, onto the beach with your, uh, with your sunscreen in your, in your uh, pocket or in the car. You've got to apply it. It's like everything else. You learn principles in church, but if you don't apply it, I used to always say when I was pastoring a church, how I, what I don't like about church life is, excuse me, what I don't like about church life is there's never an exam to see how you're going. We preach the word, we, we present the word, we, we bring it, we, we bring information, we bring uh, uh, knowledge, we bring understanding, hopefully, but we don't check to see how are you living. Are you below 0.05 in, in that appetite? How is your relationship? And you come and, oh, pastor, will you pray for me? It's much easier to come and ask for prayer than try and actually study something or try and change something. And God is speaking to you and I as we get into this whole uh, relationship thing is we need to understand relationships. And it says you cannot apply which you do not understand and you cannot understand which you do not know. I've learned a few things about wisdom. Being old does not mean that you're wise. Being old simply means you're old. But the fact is, it's like, you know, growing old is not an option. Growing up is an option. <laughs> but the fact is, you've got to understand God has a plan for you and I. A plan so that you can do great exploits for him. And we can do this together. I am so, so sure about that. <coughs> so, okay, now... So we need to recognize all this. So truth, the Bible is very clear about saying to us that the truth will set you free. Do you know that literally this means, when Jesus said this, is that I am the way, the original information that gives life, gives you life, the truth is always from the source. Anything from uh, other sources is just an opinion. So in other words, when you go buy a brand new television set or brand new uh, video player or something and you, you pick it up from wherever you buy from and you take it home and uh, you open the box and on the top of the box there's a list of instructions. And in that instruction, in the book of instructions, it tells you what to do. It says, the first things they say, before you turn this on, read this booklet totally. Who does that here? Can you, anybody does that? Not one hand. Oh, a couple of hands. One, one hand. Do you know that most of us, we find where there's the plug 
We want to plug it in and turn it on straight away, right? But the whole thing is that we have to recognize that the original source, I mean, the, the, the shop did not write the booklet. The wholesaler didn't do it. The, the person who sold you the, the piece of equipment, he did not write that booklet. It was the manufacturer. You and I are manufactured by God. We are created in his image, and we need to read this word more than just a casual glance. Before we try and live our life fully. And we, so we have our, in our church, we have, you know, proper Bible uh, reading uh, ideas and how we can do devotions and things like that. And we, we do uh, sort of encourage one another to do that because that is so, so important. Um, can I just show you a picture? This next picture is a picture of a cake. Now, this picture of a cake, I think you found this for me, uh, but this picture of a cake, you see, most cookbooks have a picture on one side, and what's on the other side? The recipe, or the instructions, the recipe. So you look at the next page, there's the recipe, and then there's the picture of the cake. Most of us only look at the picture. We don't look at the recipe. And the fact is this, that the, re the, the recipe tells you what are the ingredients that go into that beautiful cake. And it tells you how to put it all together. Most women in this room have in their minds the perfect marriage. I can see it. Even now, as you're thinking about the perfect marriage, those young people who are not married yet, those who are married, maybe you had this thought in your mind. There's a man who's six foot two, a bit like James, six foot two, six foot six, driving a BMW. <laughs> He's driving a BMW. He's walking in a suit with no tie, carrying a briefcase. He makes $400,000 a year and has a house on Hedges Avenue. And that's the picture of your groom. Okay. And he, and, and he proposes to you and you say yes. He, he, he proposes and you say yes. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you get, you, the picture continues on in your mind and you, you, your wedding plans are done and every, everything went very well and he's, you, you've said yes and the marriage has happened and then you can picture yourself walking down the beach with your husband. You can picture him uh, uh, just being such a lovely guy who actually uh, brings you coffee and tea in the morning and then he, uh, he just prays with you at night, does your devotions and, and he's just a wonderful, wonderful, godly man. And then, of course, he kisses you goodnight and this is the picture you get. You see, that's the cake. That's the finished product. It takes a certain amount of recipe that gets that person to that place. There are certain ingredients that need to go into that cake. You see, the picture is a result of a process. I thank God that when I met Judy, I wasn't driving a BMW, nor was I on such a high wage, nor was I this man. I, but you see, behind every good man, they say there's a better woman. 
most of us men would agree with that. But the fact is that don't you dare walk down the aisle thinking of that picture is waiting for you. That could be a nightmare in a suit. <laughs> and the fact is that what you've got to recognize is there is things to be done in the relationship. Even in our, the things have got to be done. It's not going to just happen like that. A cake, there, in fact, there's no such thing as a cake. I'll tell you that in a minute. But there are many in this room who have a picture of a perfect wife. Every morning, she wakes up and looks like Queen Esther. <laughs> he never sees her in rollers, in her hair. He always sees her perfect. He pictures the woman waiting for him at the front door. And, uh, and all, the, all the meals, even meal, evening meal is all ready, beautiful dinner. He has a picture of a woman who has him, hands him the newspaper as he walks in, gives him a cup of coffee and sits him down. They can watch the news and, and prepares for him. So this is the picture. You see, he has this picture of a woman who dotes on every whim. Dream on, yes, yes, that's the picture. You see, the picture is one. The ingredients is the number two. It's on the other side of the page. And if you don't read that properly, and if you don't do it right, that you're just going to end up with an ugly bread. <laughs> Not a beautiful cake like that. The whole issue is, friends, that relationships are just like cakes. They're only as good as the ingredients in them. And this is where you and I have to do work on ourselves. You see, the Bible says, love others as you love yourself. The fact is, God has created you so that you can have life and have it abundantly. And if you were to put inside of you certain things, that'll improve you so that you can be better partner, you can be a better person than somebody else. Friends, that's how we come together to do this. You see, if you want the cake, you must follow the recipe. You can't blame the cake. You see, the cake happens because there is heat put into it, put onto it, on, on it, put into the oven, and it's the heat. It's the, it's, the, it's the world you and I live in, the pressure you're under that all creates the cake. That is what brings this about. So when heat is on, you're supposed to turn into a nice cake, not an ugly monster. And the fact is, we can do something about it, friends. If we recognize that we are citizens of heaven, that we are living under a kingdom instruction. These are the instructions for you and I. And when you read Proverbs 24, these three to five, you'll recognize that this is what I need to put into my life so I can be a better husband, I can be a better friend, I can be a better grandfather, and so on. You've got to choose your relationships carefully. You see, to the same degree as you love yourself, you love our neighbor. And I think, first of all, you need to hear the voice of God and say, I love you. In fact, I love you so much, I don't want to keep you the way you are. 
I love you so much that I can change you and transform you. So when you recognize that God's plan is for you, you can submit yourself unto the hand of the Lord so he can transform your life. And what helps us is the Holy Spirit. You know, when we sing songs of worship, I mean, they're easy songs to worship. The words are there. We can just say them. But what, hap- what is happening on the inside? That's why in a church as free as ours, you know, some people are vocal like Annette. Some people are on their knees like uh, other some people. And there, some people, we, we all respond differently to the presence of God. But the fact is God together is building a house that will transform our community. And so when you leave this place, you leave from a different perspective as you came in because the Holy Spirit has touched you. So I want you to make a couple of decisions today. That as of today, you're going to look at yourself differently. When you look in the mirror, you're not going to see a person that you, oh, I wish I had hair. Actually, I don't even think of myself as bald. I, I mean, I, pic- I picture in my mind that I'm, I'm, I've got a mob of hair on me like James, you know, and, and uh, Trent Corden. I see myself six foot six tall. I mean, I wish I was driving a BMW, but little Mazda is okay. But the fact is, it gets me there. But I want to tell you something. It's how you see yourself. Paul says, I am content in all things. I was poor. I was okay. I was rich. I was okay. Rich is better, but I'm okay in all conditions. And you need to be content where you are so God can do the better things in you. Because while you're disgruntled, discouraged, you can't even hear the voice of God. So it's time for us to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. So make a decision that today, this 16th day of February, I'm taking a step out of the boat. I'm taking a step of faith. I'm taking a step of faith and and receiving from God what God has for me. And then the passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, becomes your own passage which says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has planned and prepared for you. You have no idea what God has planned for you. But if you recognize the love of God, the hand of God on your life, there is no limits. In fact, it'll always exceed. But you see, in the kingdom of God, there is structure. There is rules, just like in, in, on, in, in the uh, earthly structure. In Australia, they have a prime minister in America, they have got a presidential election, which goes for forever kind of deal. The, uh, the, the, all the, the candidates are all working at it. Now, you'll see, the election is not till November. I mean, in Australia, we don't even know when the elections come, except for maybe six or seven weeks out. But the fact is, praise God for that. But, I mean, the, the fact is that, that every country is different. But you and I are citizens of? Of? Heaven. And we come under its rules and regulations then. The Bible says, call for the elders if you're sick. And I felt the Lord today show me that there are people here, and you've got some stomach issues that you can't stop, and, and God wants to pray. God wants to heal you. And I'm going to uh, ask you to come out at the end uh, to pray. And there's somebody here that you have uh, issues with your eyes. You're really, really 
stinging eyes or itchy eyes or whatever it is, and, and God wants to actually heal you. And if you come forward, I believe that God is in the house to do miracles in the house. So if you're there, I'd love to pray with you at the end. We're gonna, when we close the meeting, we can just gather around the front here. And if you've never given your life to Christ, then say, today I want to yield my life to Jesus. I want to become a citizen of heaven. I want you to come over this side. If today you want to say, okay, I've been dabbling with being a citizen, a bit like Steve and Anne. They've been dabbling. How many years were you dabbling here? Five years, right? Some people do that long in church life before they become a Christian. But look, I mean, this week they became Australians. If you want to become a citizen of, of heaven, I want you to come down here. I'd love to pray with you. Or if you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, come, I want to pray with you because I believe that I want you to walk out of here full of confidence, full of ready to see all the things that God has planned for you. Amen? Our loving Father, we thank you that you've called us to have kingdom relationships in this house, in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you are an amazing, miracle-working God. Thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to us even now to take steps of faith. To take steps of faith, Lord, so that we can understand your plan and your purpose for us. Thank you, my God, that, there's an, that you have a plan for each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord, that you remind us that the battle is not ours, but it's yours. Thank you, my God, that you have reminded us that love never fails. It never fails. Help us, Lord, to love it that way, that we can win every single moment, that we can use those three principles of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom so we know that your plan and purpose will be fulfilled in our lives. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everyone said, Amen. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au and be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.